started praying in the evening, and I just started getting a hold of God, and, and I saw God just start moving my life. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's addictive. I can't leave without praying because I know without the Lord I have nothing. Amen? And secondly, I want to talk about completed prayers. Everybody say completed prayers. How many prayers are, are prayed that are half prayed? Amen? How many prayers are prayed that aren't prayed through? And here we see in the scripture we just read, we see Elijah, he, just, he doesn't just pray one time and just wait for the blessing or wait for the miracle, but he prays again, then he prays again, and the Bible says he prayed seven times. The seven, the number of completion, God's number, the number of perfection. He prayed through. It's one thing just to pray, but it's another thing to pray through. It's one thing just to, to, to ask God for a few things. You know, many times people give up way too quick when they pray. But so another thing, when we press in, we, we, we contend, we say, God, I won't let go unless you bless me. I won't let go unless you move for me. I won't stop praying for that person. I won't stop until I see them come to church and give their lives to the Lord. Amen? I won't quit praying until I see a breakthrough in this area. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible says in Matthew 7, verse 8, I'm sorry I didn't give you that scripture. It says, ask and keep on asking. And they amplified, seek and seek on, keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. You got to keep at it, keep at it, and keep at it, and don't give up until you see the breakthrough. Be God, because if God said it, it'll, it'll, it'll happen. How many kids say amen? Praise God. God, just a few more minutes. Praise God. And lastly, I want to uh, end on this thought about the weapon of prayer, the weapon of prayer. And I was thinking about, you know, my wife's from Mexico, and we're in different countries, and you go different countries abroad, and you see something very unique about homes. What is that? Every home has bars. Man, you, how many of you have seen it? And not just, just, not just a few bars on the windows, but they have gates and another gate and another gate, and they have three doors to get in the house, and they have all these passcodes because people, they try to protect what's most dear to them. They try to protect their families. But here in the United States, thank God we live in the United States of America. We have something called the Second Amendment still, the right to bear arms. And that means, you know, in Texas especially, I'm, I'm a Texan now, praise God. <laughs> I'm proud, I'm <amen. laughs> But, you know, we have the make my day law. If you come to my house, you know, you better, you're going to think twice. I don't need no bars on my, on my windows. I don't need a gate. I don't need my, pe people are going to think twice, praise God. God, we have that, that God-given right to protect our own, to protect our family. But the Bible talks about the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God because the devil is going to come against you. The devil is going to attack you. In Ephesians chapter 6, it's a commandment to put on the whole armor of God, and it talks about the functions of different armors, you know, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, our feet shot about with the gospel of peace, the sword of the spirit. And it says, take the former God. And then Paul the Apostle, in verse 18, he says, praying always. He sums it up with this. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. So keep on praying in the Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost involved in you, in your prayers, when you pray things through, there's a, it's a weapon against the enemy. When a, when a gun is, is loaded with blanks, the bang is the same as a real gun with real live ammunition. How many know that? But the difference can be observed in the use of ammunition and the blanks when, because, it, you know, not because of noise. The dummy ammunition makes no mark on the target. It never reaches it. But the, the real bullet can hit its mark. And we're not here to be 
mere bang and recoil. We're here to make a mark for the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. And when the Holy Spirit's power is in our prayer, we can defeat the enemy in our lives. Praise God. Praise God. I have a privilege that Brother Joe's going to come forth. Amen? Let's give him a hand clap. Praise Jesus. Amen? Appreciate you. Amen? Praise the Lord. It's good to see everybody here tonight. I love every one of you. And I have a couple of minutes here to uh, uh, deliver the message. And the message that I have that God has given is our worst enemy. I wonder what our worst enemy is. Let's, let's pray before we, before we start. Father, I thank you for the day. I thank you for everything. I ask you to speak through me. Use me, Father, to glorify your name and all the glory and the praise and the honor be given unto you in Jesus' name. According to the scripture, our worst enemy is us. Uh, in, uh, in Genesis 1.26, it says that we were made in God's image and God has three different parts and we have three different parts. We got this uh, container that we walk around in called the body. We have a spirit man, and then we have what they call the carnal brain. And the decisions that this brain makes is very hard on the body. If you just look around at the way the world, what the world is doing, you know, there's uh, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's sexual sin, and all of this leads to death. Uh, the, the alcohol will, will uh, you can be in a car wreck and get killed. You can, uh, the drugs, you can do the same thing. But it's a decision that's made in the, in the mind. And if, you, uh, and if you just let your mind run through a little bit, you can pick out a whole bunch of things that, that people do that hurts the body. And there's even people that want to jump the Grand Canyon on a motorcycle. And mm, that's out for me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not interested in that at all. Uh, if, if the only thing that the mind could do would just destroy the body, it wouldn't be so terribly bad. But the problem is that this mind contaminates the spirit man. And there's sin in, in our body. And it separates us from God. Uh, even Jesus, when he was on the cross, and he took the sin of the world upon him, God left him. He did not stay with him. He made the statement, My God, why, why have you forsaken me? So if God won't even stay with, uh, with Jesus, his own son, he's not going to stay with us. Uh, and God does not respond to, to need. When my grandfather died, my grandmother was left with about nothing. And uh, since her dad was a medical doctor, she picked up a bunch of skills. And so to make a living for herself, she was a live-in nurse. And generally for terminally ill people, she would, you know, cook and see that they got their medicine and take care of all the details. And she told me about this, uh, this old lady 
that she was taken care of and she was rather hateful, rather just really rude. And uh, when it come time for this, this lady to die, she was screaming bloody murder. God opened her eyes and she said, I can see hell. I can see the demons. And she grabbed a hold of the, of the bed and with every ounce that she had, she was screaming, I can see hell. And this really scared my grandmother. And then she was gone. You know, she needed two miracles real bad. She needed to know Jesus, number one, and she needed to be saved, be healed. And she did not receive any of that. And the thing, thing about it is, there's over 6,000 people every hour that die on this earth. And the biggest majority of them are probably screaming the same thing when they see hell. It is, uh, it's rather, rather, rather uneasy, I'll tell you for sure. But you know, the sin from the carnal mind can, can ease into the Christian life too. And that separates us from God. Did you know that the uh, uh, Christian that does not have, uh, is not prayed up and got sin in his life, he can't even praise the Lord. Put Matthew 15, 8 through 9 upon, upon the screen. And this is Jesus talking. It says, These people draw near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And you go to the next one. And in vain they worship me. God does not recognize that. In, uh, put up John 4.24. And it says, uh, it says, when we worship God, we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Because God is a spirit. And our spirit man needs to be the, the truth is, in this particular case, we're free from sin. And then our spirit man worships God. And, and when that happens, Jesus overlaid this with, with His words, saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is the way for us to worship God. Jesus is the one who forgives our sins. And he adds the life to, the, to our worship. And we can worship God. And then God says, I inhabit the praises of my people. And then we can worship, we can worship God. Uh, and in, uh, in, in praying, this keeps us from, from praying to God too. Uh, Put Ephesians 2, 6 up on the board. It says, And raised up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay? Our spirit man can go to heaven. Our spirit man can go and sit with Jesus. Our spirit man can go to the throne of God. But remember, there's no sin in heaven. So you've got to get, you've got to get rid of of the uh, of the sin, 
And we can sit in heavenly places. This is how we worship God, and this is how we pray. We can come to the throne room uh, of God, but there is a procedure that we must follow when we go when we take the when we go with uh, uh, pr uh, pray unto God or in His presence. He is a Almighty God, and we've got to reverence Him. And Jesus gave us the key in in the Lord's Prayer. See, our Father is in heaven, he, and He says, "Our Father." Who art in heaven hallowed be thy name and this is a time to worship him a time to come before him a time to give him honor and praise and glory and after that the next thing is to put God first because the next thing that Jesus said he said thy will be done in our offerings we we put our first fruits in we put God first and when we are in front of God and bowing at his throne we put him first and this is this is uh, his will be done and this is where the the spirit man we say we're led of the spirit when our spirit man is talking with God and God is talking with us then God is telling us what to do and God can lead us as, as our spirit man talks to, talks to the Father. And, and after that, then our request can be made known to Him. But, put, but God is put first. This is, this is the procedure that Jesus had. I have a friend uh, in um, Florida, and he's had real bad health. And I talked to him not just, just a few days ago. And he thought he was dying. He could not stand up. He had no strength in his legs. He was nauseated. His, his uh, head was spinning. And he was crawling on his hands and knees to the, to the bathroom. And he said, would you pray for me? And I said, yes, I will pray for you. And so we, we hung up. And I didn't start off by saying, oh God, please heal Bill. I started off by saying, Father, forgive me of any sin that might be in my life. Make me pure and clean. Anything that's in my life, I need to get rid of that. Show me. Show me what might be in my life so that I can get, get rid of it. I'll be pure and clean before you. And then I, you, I praise God. I give Him the glory. And then I started praying for Bill. And after I prayed for him, I went on back to work. In a little bit, he called and he said, I knew exactly when you prayed for me. He said, the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me and he healed me. And he says, and now, he says, and now I'm in my car going to get something to eat because I'm hungry. He says, I feel, I feel great. God is, God is a powerful God. But I tried to approach this in the way that the Bible says approach it. Now the prayer of salvation is totally different. The prayer of salvation, we, do not, we, do, we don't pray to God there, we pray to Jesus. Jesus is the door to lead us to heaven. Jesus is the one that uh, paid the price for our sins. 
So we, we, we pray to Jesus. And when a person comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and realizes that the sin is going to drag him down to the pits of hell, but we, he looks at the promises of God and you read just promise after promise. He'll take care of us. He'll watch over us. He'll, he'll heal us. He'll take care of every one of our needs. And you look, at, you look at that, why would anybody not choose to be a Christian? Because of the benefits that, that God has. And we have, uh, we have a Heavenly Father that, that will watch over us. But there is one thing. Have you ever seen this little, this, uh, little show on TV that says, Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? It seems like uh, they ask the contestant a question and he goes through uh, several answers and when he finds, he f figures out he thinks he knows the answer, he comes down and hits that red button and says, final answer. Well, I tell you what, when you take your last breath, you have hit that red button and that is the final answer. There will be no more changing from that. Either right are either wrong. And tonight is the night that we need to all be right with God. Our lives need to be clean and pure before Him because God is a good God. And I want to, as Pastor Kirk was preaching, he preached on prayer too, I want to be in touch with the Creator of the universe that owns everything, that He can come in and take, take care of me. Let's all bow our heads. Is there anybody here that needs Jesus Christ as your Savior? Would you raise your hand? Anybody here that has not made that decision? Now is the time to do, to do that. We need... You'll never make a better decision. It is, it is so important because God will give you the splendor of heaven. And I hear there's great desserts up there and they won't make you fat. It is, it is good. God is, God is good. Let's all stand and we're going to have the, the uh, we're going to say the sinner's prayer. And everybody, uh, everybody repeat after me. And then Pastor Kirk is going to finish, finish this out. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that I need to be saved. I believe that you died on the cross and your blood was shed to... Go ahead. To save me from all of my sin. I trust in you, Father. Trust in you, Jesus. <clears throat> Forgive me of all of my sin. Make me pure and clean before you. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. And I promise to serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Give Jesus a big hand right now. Praise the Lord. Praise God. We're going to open up these altars tonight. Maybe you uh, raised your hand for salvation. Or maybe God is challenging you tonight to make 
prayer a priority, number one priority when you get up in the morning. Amen. Maybe he's challenging you for something Brother Joe said and something you heard today or the Lord spoke to you. Let's just open up uh, this altar and we're going to take time for the Lord. Amen. Praise God.